Why are police photographing our license plate? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon. This is the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio Program, and I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. Two of my favorite reasonable voices, Linda and David Londra, are back because I believe the love, the lives, the careers, and stories of my two friends, Linda and David Londra, inspire hope. And they've been making me laugh so much and filled with hope even before we started recording. Even now, in the midst of schools opening while COVID-19 cases are soaring all over the country, and the movie industry and, of course, Broadway theaters are severely limited, to say the least, while healthcare professionals are on the front lines risking their own lives for those fighting for their lives. As long-time survivors, thrivers in our theater, film, television careers, and this will neither be a rosy colored glasses nor a doom and gloom conversation because Linda and David and I are, dare I say, pragmatic optimists, hoping our shared stories will inspire both hope and solutions to the challenges of the coming winter. To remind everyone, I know Linda Londra, of course, very well from our working together at NBC on Another World, where she produced and directed a stellar cast of characters. Maybe we'll talk more about that later, but we have lots to talk about. But David, who we discovered during our previous radio chats, and I have at least passed each other like ships sailing in the sea of daytime television, I on four NYC soap operas, and he besting me by two on all six New York City operas, New York City soap operas. <laughs> How I miss the Met. Okay, David Launder's career as actor and voiceover talent is as impressive as Linda Londra's as producer, director, and writer. I don't know that we've talked a lot about uh, your play recently. Maybe we'll do that too. But I'm extremely happy in any case to say both are dear friends of mine. And I welcome back to both of you, David and Linda Londra. How are you, Linda? I'm terrific. <laughs> we have found a way to actually not change our lives all that much and yet be safe and survive this world that we're living in at, with 
still with the hope it's going to be better on the other side. Good. We're going to talk a lot about that, what you're doing then. And you, David, how are you? Oh, by the way, I should mention, you can find David Laundra's amazing photography of New York City in particular on Facebook. And we'll, we'll, we'll get him to mention that later, too. Uh, what, David, how I'm, are you? I am well, thank you. <laughs> nice to talk to you again. I know. I feel the same way. It, uh, it's, uh, it's inspiring. Okay. Well, first... Any thoughts regarding our recent, and in the case of Georgia, ongoing elections? Oh, it seems to be slowly moving in the right direction anyway. Well, it just can't be over soon enough. It's time to move on. And I must say, I have very little patience with this continual questioning of our brilliant democracy and the election process and it has it has weathered the storm it has survived according to many many real officials in that world and I think it's time to just move on and I think we all need that it's so much so I'm hopeful that we've we've seen the worst of it and it's it's I I'm gonna sound like a Pollyanna and I don't mean to because it's been challenging to say the least I have so many friends who have traveled to other states daily to get out the vote before the election. I mean, people are working so hard, and I think it's paying off, and I think that will have its own rewards. Okay. I think that's a great answer. David, you want to add anything? No, I, I think that, uh, that, that that's right. That the, the biggest casualty of all of this, I think, is the uh, is shaking the, uh, for many Americans, shaking their belief in the our ability to hold a fair election, yes. which uh, I think is, is uh, to cast doubts on that is terrible because I think we go to very long lengths to make sure that we do fair elections. Yes. Uh, and the idea that, that you might be able to tamper with this state or that state, I suppose, is possible. But the idea that somehow 50 states could be uh, uh, messed around with in a way, I, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, I think uh, uh, that... We do a pretty good job of it all, all. I, I agree. All right. Thinking about our other current challenge, COVID-19, specifically because I know Linda has spoken about this before, the, the people who are new to the business, and by the business I mean anything that we do in show business uh, on camera or on stage or designers, writers, dancers, everybody, Let's start with your friends, friends and professional acquaintances. How are they dealing with the reality of of this new COVID surge? I think everybody's reinventing themselves daily. Mm. And I think it was, it is still a struggle. It certainly was harder, but we're figuring it out as time goes on. And we're finding as we continually explore, go back into our lives and reconnect with people, that we, it, because of distances and not being able to get together face to face, we now must do it online and with Zoom or whatever. And I'm finding that to be very interesting because I've connected with people from my past uh, as long as Writer's Theater, uh, as long ago as Writer's Theater, which is at least 25 years ago. Mm. And everybody still working and finding a way to bring their creative gifts to this screen and we're watching theaters do benefits 
we're watching designers recreate backgrounds and using green screens and finding ways to make it not just look like a screen, but mm. make it look like actors are in a place, just suspending the illusion in a different way than mm -hmm. on a stage where it's three-dimensional, but now it's on the screen. Mm -hmm. And so designers using that, and music, and the musicians singing. I, my favorite one was the, one of the first we saw, where they got all these celebrities together as a benefit, and you tuned in, and you could watch for free, or they would ask, and they would ask for donations. And I remember Kristen Chenoweth singing in her bathroom. <laughs> I, I thought that was brilliant. But everybody thinks it's the bathroom because we sound better. But here's Kristen Chenoweth sitting there on her toilet seat, <laughs> singing her heart out with her husband. It was just brilliant. Yes. Um, and I think it's, everyone is finding a way. And, and that's going to continue for a long time. We've noticed it in primary stages that we all, that the three of us connect on yes. um, on a regular basis, Casey Childs and all those wonderful people over there, yes. Lincoln Center, Public Theater, so many more. A couple young people on our floor, Jennifer Mudge and Chris Coffey, work with a place called Moliere in the Park, and they recently did a reading of a Moliere play online uh, with Raul Esparza, oh, yes. and they got a New York Times coverage because Raul was in it, yes. and it was so thrilling to see that they were not going to let this COVID stop them do what they love. And it wasn't really a reading, actually. It was a, it was a performance. Oh, yes, it uh -huh. was. Oh, wow. You know, uh, people have approached me for years, even before COVID, to see if I would uh, teach acting online, and I always said, no, I need to be in the same room with the actor, you know, and so forth. And I just never considered it. But recently, corporate acquaintances that I've met, various functions, etc., asked me if I would work with them online because now they can't fly and go and go to these places. It's not safe. So their office has become how they build their business. And I find uh, maybe it's because I don't know, maybe maybe because I don't work with corporate people more often. But I I've adjusted to uh, working with them online and and simple things that I know the three of us know. For instance, one guy was asking me to help him set his his set that is his office background, and I was telling him things. And I said, now I must. I've always told you the only truth is what's in the frame, but what is also only true is what the camera sees, not what you see. And I asked, do you think that painting on your wall is straight? He says, oh, yeah, I was very careful. I said, well, now look at the computer and see what the camera sees. And, of course, it wasn't. It was all askew because, the, okay, you perfect. know, exactly. And he went, oh, my God. He was so excited he called in all his assistants and said, anyway. Uh, but so, you know, so it was, a, it was I'm getting, I'm, I'm adjusting. How's that? All right, David. Well, I think we, we teach at the Esper Studios, yes. and we teach, we've done a class now at Marymount where they, they want us to come over there more regularly, and we just finished a workshop in Buffalo, all online, which we all would normally do in person, yes. and we felt we couldn't do it initially, and I must say, I hope, I can't wait to get back, but we've adjusted what we teach, yes. and what, we, we've, what we've done is look at it from their perspective and what they the actors need to know to work in our business and how they present themselves and you're so right Marcello they're so smart of those people to realize 
it's a different way of communicating, yes. and they're very lucky to have you. And they taught me that fact, by the way. You know, I mean, it's it's like I mean, I know I brought my particular expertise, but the fact that they could explain this need to me in a way that went, oh, of course, I can do that. I oh, gee, okay, David. Of course, you are a fine actor, but also talk about voiceover ideas for people, because you mentioned that once in one show, and I was astounded at all the things that voiceover includes. Give, give, us, give them some help. Where can they go? What can they do? Well, the voiceover industry actually, I think, moved online quite a while ago. Yes. It's been a few years now that it used to be that if you do a voiceover, you, they hire you, you go to a studio. So often you go to the studio to do the audition. But that's not true anymore. It's, it's for a long time now. It's all been uh, done uh, at home. And so I think that COVID, for the people who are really do a lot of voiceovers, hasn't changed much in terms of the way that they work. Uh, because you can do commercials and you can do books on tape. There's an awful lot of stuff that you can do. Even for even television work, a lot of the stuff that I did on, on 30 Rock, for instance, the voiceovers that I did for them, we're all done from here in the in, in my apartment, mm. uh, and uh, just you know emailed into the studio. So I think that, that all of the things, everything you can think of that that a voiceover person might do, you can do now, and mm. uh, you can do it from your home. It just doesn't take a lot of equipment, but it does take a little bit of equipment and a little patience to learn how to use it. But that certainly is a viable option. And I've had a lot of inquiries from actors who probably weren't really thinking that much about voiceovers mm. before, mm-hmm. but now that they're stuck at home with a, with a, a lot of time on their hands, yes. they're beginning to think, oh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I should look into this. And there are a lot of producers looking for voiceover talent because they, too, can't get out and do you know in-person productions. I get a lot of those uh, emails now, and I'm responding to them, and so it's, it's something to think about. This is really, in terms of, the, of the, the business for actors and for voiceover people, this is really just uh, accelerating dramatically yes. a trend that's been happening for a very long time. Doing uh, self-tapes, for instance, is something that, that people have been doing for a while. A couple of years ago, in the class, if I asked how many of you have done self-tapes, out of the uh, 12 or 15 people, I might get two or three. Mm. And now it's probably virtually everybody has yes. done it. So the people in the industry who are, you know, the old timers like us who've been used to, you know, they bring bringing people in and doing auditions yes. and doing interviews in this traditional way, suddenly they're discovering that this saves them an enormous amount. Yes. And they're able to see many more people than they were before. So I think even the old, the stodgy old guys are <laughs> have come around to the fact this is really the, the wave of the future. Yes. And as a result, it's, it's not going back. No, it's Once not. Once the things come, we're not going to go back to the old way. This online casting and interviews is going to continue. Yes. And, you know, and I, I must admit, uh, I confess I re- resisted that at first. I know a lot of casting directors, uh, not only for this radio show, but the company I had in New York, where we introduced talent to casting directors and managers and agents, etc., via video. But I just resisted this, and then I, I realized, as one of my casting director friends said, Marcello, you direct videos all the time. What's the problem with directing yourself? Set it up and do it. And I went... Oh yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh, Lend- that's easier said than done, though, Marcello. Yes. yes. Well, and I have to say, <laughs> and also, a lot of that, 
an awful lot of actors are, are uh, uh, who've been around for any length of time really they hate the idea of oh god now I have to be a cameraman and I have to be a sound man and yes. I, you know and they really don't want to do this and they've been resisting but uh, I tell them now there's no right now there is no acting without self tape that's right none that's there's it no way to, there's no way to get a job there's no way to get an interview there's no way to get an audition without self tapes you've got to just Bite the bullet's not all that hard, to get, but you got to wait in there and do it because that's, that is the future. That's the most popular class we teach, oh. is, is how to self-tape. And we do that in one or two sessions, depending on the person. And the beauty, what we were happy to learn, is that we have, of course, all the equipment, and we can show them this equipment. Yes. We can show them how it goes together, mm -hmm. and we have them do an audition with directions that would come from a casting director, submit it to a service, David goes and gets it, and then posts it, and we review it and show them how to fix it. Wow. And it's really, it works incredibly well. The actors are really happy. But the truth is, you have to know how to do this because there are some shows that, because we've been doing a lot of investigating, some shows are sending out packages, even as, so far as a camera sometimes, but uh, stands and lights and it, what they need to do whatever it is they're going to do for this network or this cable show, and the actor has to set it up and yes. put it in a space in their house. Sometimes they provide a person who is cleared to come in, however they do that, it's usually quarantining and then going in to help them if needed, if need be, but they, usually they'll try to do it exclusively exclusively online and the actor has to be able to do that yes and so you that's part of the job now and that's a huge shift and self-taping is a step to that and you know the i think what finally convinced me is is that a casting director said to me maybe you're just thinking it's convenient for the casting professionals but think of the fact that you don't have to get in your car or in new york subway that you don't have to mail in pictures and resumes and spend money for postage and that you don't have to go and wait in line to get an audition or wait in line at the audition because it's all at your fingertips now but tell us about some of the requirements because it isn't just plopping a camera down in front of you they want a background that looks like they want lighting and not all not all companies are providing the the kinds of uh, of physical help that you just described how do what oh, do you no. do that physical help only comes from a, a show once you've been cast <laughs> you've got to get to that point one of the most you know if i I'll, I'll just briefly probably the biggest help that, that most of the actors that, that we work with need is a good camera support mm -hmm. you have to be able to work and when i say camera we're really talking about cell phones cell phones are really all you need big expensive cameras aren't going to do anything more for you and they're a whole lot more work your cell phone is more than sufficient for the task but you need to get the camera your cell phone up to eye level we spend so much time in self-tapes looking up people's noses. I know, I because, hate that. <laughs> you know, because the thing is too long. The, the camera is much too low. Mm -hmm. And I hear all kinds of stories from our uh, uh, actors about, well, well, I, I there was a table, and then I put this stool on top of the table, and then I put a couple of books on that, and then and then a bottle of wine, and then <laughs> I, I leaned the cell phone up against it. You know, and all of these stories about all this stuff that they go through. And... Basically, all you need is, or what I recommend, and I, I have a link to it uh, 
on um, Amazon, for instance, is basically it's a light stand. Yeah. Uh, because the pro- you can get a, an inexpensive tripod, but the inexpensive tripod will not go high enough. Mm-hmm. They only go up to maybe four, four, four and a half feet. But a little light stand will go up to eight feet. Yes. And you put a ball here, and you put a camera, you know, clip on top of it, and you've got a very inexpensive, lightweight support system that 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 you can use anywhere. So it's those kinds of things that uh, that we try to point out for actors to help them. This is something you can do. You need to be able to do it simply and quickly. If it's a huge problem and and all kinds of trouble to get, then you're not going to do it. Yes. Yes. so that's what we try to do, give them simple, practical ways to accomplish what they need to do. And there are different choices of lights. And David has, again, done the research and selected all very inexpensive kinds of lights you can get. And one of them, the most popular that actors seem to like is the ring light, where you oh, yes. can mount the camera right in the center of the light, so you've got plenty of light wherever you put it. And there's a stand to set it on the table, or there's a stand to put it on the floor. We always recommend standing for auditions because your energy is better. And so it, it needs to get up high. And so we talk, we show them that alternative. There are pluses and minuses to everything, but those are the two major things that we talk about in class and show them. And David knows technically how to explain the automatic focus and how to use that so that you look good and how to use the lights in your apartment and what not to use in your apartment or when you get back to the classrooms, don't use overhead light ever. No. And then finding ways to help them sort those problems out. All right, we're going to go to a break, but tell us how do we get a hold of you online? We teach now online as well, and it's simply lynda.londra at gmail.com. That's it. We do one-on-ones, and we do sometimes a group. If we get a group of people wanting the same thing, we will do a group. And we knock the prices down to the basement because of the COVID. Nobody's got money. Mm. We know that. So we keep it very affordable. I just wanted to put a quick footnote on the reason they like cell phones is also the DSLR cameras do not have good audio. It, you, uh, amazingly, they don't. And so you really, the cell phone, if you stand just an arm, le- arm length away from it, you get good audio. Yes. And I think the casting directors have had so much bad audio, and it just makes them crazy. And they know you, your cell phone is perfect. We're going to take a short break with speaking to my good friends, Linda and David Londra, professionals in the business in New York City and online. As stay with us. We'll be right back. There's a lot more to talk about, and we're going to give you, continue to give you practical information, not only to lift your spirits, but to help you get through this doing what you were born and loved to do. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I think that what you're doing is great, Marcello. You know, being cooped up, being quarantined, it gets to you after a while. And you need an upbeat voice to let you know that that life goes on, that things will be okay. Even with Linda and I, we've been together for almost half a century now. And for a lot of that time, we work together as well. We teach together. We're together literally 24-7. But still, there's times when it gets to you and when you need somebody to, to help perk you up a little bit. So I want to thank you for taking the time to do that. Oh, also, I'd like to put in a plug for an organization called uh, Invisible Hands. 
invisible hands will find someone, will find a volunteer in your neighborhood who can come and make that run to the drugstore for you or get you that thing from the grocery store that you need. They're really a wonderful organization. Um, We support them, and I hope that other people will too. Whether you want to support people who are helping out New Yorkers or whether you're somebody who needs that helping hand every now and then. Uh, Invisible Hands, good group. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio program. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voices. My guests today, my Reasonable Voices today, are Linda and David Londra. And we are really getting some good practical education on what actors and others in the business, not just actors, but in the business and film and television and theater and voiceover and video make on what we can be doing and what the reality is. I mean, let's face it. Every time, at least in America, my experience has been with Americans, when they learn something new or a new way of doing a thing, they don't go back to the old way. And so here we are, and there are a lot of things we've been talking about, self-taping being one of the biggest that David and Linda are teaching. They've said a lot in the first segment. I hope you go back and review it several times because it really is valuable. You mentioned the primary stages, Linda, earlier, and I know we all have a connection there. Just tell us about primary stages because what I remember of it was that it was accessible to people bringing in their new productions of new works. That's what I did there. What's going on now? They still are. They do that often. And sometimes they'll put a show in the new season along with something they have developed. So they do both things. I'm sure it depends on the theater's capabilities each year. But they're doing a whole virtual play season online. Wow. They're, at, they're pushing it. They're asking people to sign up and, um, and chart it's a modest fee because uh, they have to have money coming in to stay alive. And they did a benefit. Um, so they're continuing the work they do, but it's all moved online. It's just amazing to me. They're very inventive and very supportive of new artists. And so they, I believe that's one theater company that will always find a way yes. to help people get their work done. And Casey is the artistic director there now. He wasn't when I, I don't believe, when I worked there, but he's been an artistic director there for some time, hasn't he? he's the founder and he was the artistic director for years and years and years and then when he moved into television where he's done a massive amount of work um, he he changed the structure of the theater and Andrew Lenz has been the artistic director for a while and he has been the whole time we've been working with him and Andrew goes out to they go out to Colorado to a festival every year and often bring a playback from there Mm. Um, they, they have regular places they go to look for work. But Andrew is the one we know. Casey's never gone. Casey Uh is always there. His current thing is a series of interviews he's done with off-Broadway people. Mm -hmm. It's it's the world that most people don't know of because it's not a lot of money. It's not big, fancy productions. It's really extraordinary. And he interviewed David and I. He's interviewed people who created Off-Broadway. I'm glad to hear that Casey was there the whole time. 
I didn't know that, and I guess probably the producers who produced the work I was directing at primary stages, I assume, simply rented the facility, and of course, if there needed to be conversations, they were having it with Andrew or Casey, and so therefore I didn't know... Oh. I didn't know he was involved at that time. It's amazing to me how he does what he does. But the project he created and spends the bulk of his time on now is the Oral History Project, Ooh. celebrating the visionaries who created New York's vibrant off and off off Broadway theater. Oh. And it's names of people you've known your whole life if you're in the theater. And he lets you talk as long as you want to talk. He's wow. <laughs> <It's> amazing. <laughs> That's his primary work there now, but he does many, many other things. But they are also an enormously successful writers. Well, they teach writers. Uh -huh. They have classes for writers, and it's one of the best places to go work on the craft of writing because they'll have classes on one-person shows. They'll have classes on comedy. They have different styles of writing, hmm. different forms of writing, and different teachers who are adept and skilled and successful at doing that. That is that's fantastic. Yeah. I had no idea. I, I was, you know, I think two or three times I simply was hired to direct a new play. They were always new plays. And the producers who hired me, as I said, probably rented the space and I simply did my job without <laughs> without knowing all that was going on there. But this is most impressive. I'm so glad. I'll have to have Casey on. I'll interview him. <laughs> and anyway... Oh, he's fabulous. Yeah, he would be yeah, great. He's a delightful guy. Yeah. And he's been in the business forever. He, he has a, a, a tremendous knowledge. Casey oh. founded New Dramatist. That's right, I he knew that. He was doing that when we were doing Writer's Theater. We didn't know each other then, but that's what we were doing. So when we moved into daytime and started, and he was directing and I was, I started producing and I was his producer out at Another World, we became even closer friends because we realized our roots were the same. Yes. And he's from Michigan, as am I. Oh. So wow. we, we go back a long way and I think he's a very impressive man. Yes. You know, I wonder, and I'm not trying to be funny or flippant, uh, but... How does working and living together for 50 years, as you two have done, give you a, an advantage, do you think, in handling COVID restrictions and anything else for that matter? Well, Absolutely. It, yeah, it, it really does make a difference because uh, I've heard a lot of stories about people who are suddenly you know, cooped up with their significant other yes. in a way that they're not used to yes. be. And that it's easier to, you know, for friction to develop. But because we've spent so much time, so many years together, virtually 24-7, mm. it hasn't, it's just sort of like more of the same for us. Yeah. Uh, things are more restricted. We're more at home. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, again, it's something that we're very, that we're very used to. So I guess we're kind of lucky in that regard. Yeah. I actually thought about that a bit because I knew we'd talk about it. And we, David and I figured out, we sort of continue the way we've been going in many, many ways. He has his workspace and his computer in one part of the apartment. Mm -hmm. I have mine in the other. And in the middle is the television. <laughs> and that's where we... 
We view things, we screen things, we'll come together to work on a project because we've been working on so many different kinds of projects because we can't meet in person. We will sit down with the computer in front of us and do a Zoom meeting or constantly. Mm -hmm. And we, we just have divided our apartment into working spaces and that's where we function from and yet we have our gathering space for projects that we're doing together and that's helped us enormously you know i'm glad you said that because of course i always work at home you know now when i can't go out and direct live so that was something a decision we had to make too and we set up uh, she has her studio here but she needed a an office space here so we created one of the spare bedrooms as her office, which was on the other side of the house. <laughs> Excuse me, from me and my studio, and we meet, and we meet in the middle where the television and and not too far away the kitchen is, and so it it has worked out. So it's absolutely true. Interesting. You understand exactly what we're saying. <laughs> well, okay. I presume you hear from your students, obviously, because uh, you're doing more teaching online than I had realized, but how do they... No, it's just expanded online because of COVID, ah, honestly. Gotcha, gotcha. So how are your students responding? Do you get uh, questions about... There's I mean, I know there's... There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of frustration of not being able to, uh, to do what they want to do. But, you know, actors are artists, and they're inventive, and they're out there... A lot of them every day trying to figure out how they how they can do scene work on Zoom, how mm. they can you know work with other actors in uh, uh, in what is essentially a, just a, a new medium. So yes. while it is very frustrating and, and uh, you know a pain for most of them, I think most of them are actually meeting it meeting the challenge pretty well. They're doing the best they can. Some better than others, and some are literally losing their minds. They don't know what they're going to do. We have one dear student who is married with children and is in college and is now looking at graduate school, and he's terrified because he can't see where his future is at mm -hmm. this point, understandably. And yet we have another student who is single that is very helpful in terms of not feeling so vulnerable. He studies with us. He calls us about twice a month, roughly. We'll do a session with him. I send him monologues. He works on them. He sends to me. I send him notes. He sends it back, and then we'll do a session and work on it. So it's there's some who address it in a very formalized way, mm. others who are just struggling to get through the day. But they, they're in touch. They are seriously in touch. Mm. And working and expanding their, some, the good ones, are really expanding their abilities into other areas. Um, one of our students is work, working more intensely with his wife doing a documentary and doing... It's just extraordinary how... And writing is a big part of this. Yes. You have the time to write now. Yes. Take it. Yes. Don't avoid it. And that's, I think, the hardest lesson of COVID is it tends, I find, and I, many people have agreed with me, I, uh, you know, we'll see how you feel. I find it harder to do the simplest daily tasks mm. because the process is not the same. And so each time you have to rethink, well, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And what format will I use? And how? what do I need to get them ahead of time? And how can we? It's just 
it's the details are endless and if you can navigate this i think they're going to have a much easier time once we come out of it yes i always pride myself on loving to learn new things but as i've already admitted i didn't sign on immediately to self-taping and and so forth but i have learned my lesson and and i'm still learning the whole process but even the application of auditioning I mean, I love Actors Access. They can't make it any simpler. <laughs> you know, and there's so much as you use it, you, you, of course, you get to know how to do it. But applications for um, uh, teaching or directing things online, it's just sometimes such a maze. You get buried in the details and the technical aspects, but you have to plod through patiently. And it, if it doesn't work as well every day, well, that day you don't do that. But the very next day you tackle it again. <laughs> so what are your thoughts? Yes, persistence. Really, persistence is in so much of, of what an actor does. It's really about persistence. Yes. Hanging in there. When this one doesn't work, you know, the, maybe the next one will. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, with a lot of the, the new challenges that we face as performers, having to deal with cameras and microphones and lighting, things that you might not have had any experience with before, while it may seem very intimidating initially, it really isn't all that difficult. Yeah. And after you've done it a couple of times, you'll begin to get the hang of it. And it's basically like anything else in life that you know you, you, you don't uh, 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 pick up a baseball bat and start hitting home runs. You have to practice, you have to work at it. it. It takes some time and this as well. And I think the important thing, the real lesson here is that you need to take the time now. Yes. You need to, you know, don't wait until you've got that great opportunity to try to figure out how to do a self-tape. That's right. Uh, uh, do, do them now. Practice now so that when that opportunity comes, you don't have to spend your time figuring out how to do it. You already know that part. Mm-hmm. You can spend your time doing the acting part. Yes. Uh, preparing the role. You know, that's so true, David. And again, and, and I know this has recently been said to me, but you've nailed it. Actors and, and, and designers, dancers, singers, everybody, everyone in our business rehearses. They rehearse what they do before they perform. Yeah. So you just yeah. have to see it as, you have to frame it as that. Yeah, it's a rehearsal, and you rehearse and then you do it. Uh, what do you think, Linda? Yeah, uh, that's, that's actually a very, very good way to look at it. Uh, it. It's just a rehearsal. Yeah. Just like you'd rehearse anything else. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I wonder, though... Most of my career has been directing or teaching adults, but I have worked with, with children, with younger actors as well. And I know we've all worked on camera and voiceover, and, and, and in my case, I've, I've taught acting to singers, which is an interesting thing. Indeed, uh, <laughs> um, you know, wonderful. Well, I, well I, come, I come from an operatic background, and it was, I always thought, when I, when I got to Peabody and discovered there was no drama training of any kind. They just stood up and sang, which of course, back in the day, was what all opera singers did. Well, I said something then that was very clever. Unfortunately, I only said it to my friend, and it was, you know, they should put opera on television so everyone can see it, and also then they'll discover they need to act. And of course, someone else thought of that idea, and and the rest, as they say, is history. But I just wonder about communicating with the different ages, younger actors, a teenage or high school or whatever, and then up to our friend like Tulis McCall, who's an impeccable actor that we both know. How are those conversations different, and what are the needs that are different? 
Boy, they're they're quite different. <laughs> yes. um, the young students, the high school age students, um, we had a private student for a very long time who graduated from here, and she's now going to the North Carolina School of the Arts. She's extremely talented and gifted, and she she has had some health challenges mm. that are slowing her down a bit, but she doesn't stop, and she's really smart. She, she's like one of the students, the ideal student, the ideal perfect student, that's mm-hmm. her, yes. um, but now she's questioning more, and now she's not sure, she's uncertain of herself more, and that is the most profound difference I have seen, because we knew her during her high school years and now into her first two years of college. And then they're the kids who can't get that far for numerous reasons, who don't have the financial background, who were not that great at academics, but are talented actors. A friend of hers who could not get into a college of any college of her choice, Mm. Uh, very talented, but not as good academically. And so it's become, for them, they don't know where to go. They can't go to their local local theater like in New York City you've got all these theaters you can go and audition for and work for and intern for and and get to know and meet and that's how you grow they don't have that door anymore and so they feel isolated that's what I keep hearing from them is they and we had one group of actors recently they just didn't respond they didn't they didn't like nod their head or <laughs> let you know that you they heard anything you said david and i were both in shock and went mm. oh my god this is how this is as bad as it's ever been and then then just a few weeks later we had another group that was young college kids and they were incredibly responsive and nodding and asking questions and we're like wow that is like night and day and i think a big difference is the kids who are in the hinterlands, who are outside a major theatrical center, yes. don't have any access. The kids in New York City still have some kind of access. Mm. I don't know what exactly it is, but there are, it's e- a bit easier. But they're challenged. Oh, boy, is this hard for them. Yes. We have one friend who teaches here, though, and he has to be available for his students. 24-7. Hmm. If they're starting to have a nervous breakdown, and they do a lot mm-hmm. because they're terrified. They don't know if they're going to be able to come back the next semester. There's no money coming in. Hmm. In their household, from their parents, they've lost their jobs. They have, they're out in the world with nothing. Hmm. And the school has asked him to please try to be available hmm. whenever the students need you because the schools can't afford to lose the students so they can keep their doors open. You know, it's just, it's constant. And I think we all have to remember other perspectives on this virus and what it's doing to people's lives in many, many, many ways. I'm sorry, I talked way too much about that. No, 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 not at all, because it is one of the questions and things I was thinking about. It's the balance, finding the balance between what yeah. you now need to learn to do and, and of course trying to still do what you want to do with your life and at the same time the financial flow is in most cases slowed if not stopped altogether uh, it's um, yes. it's a challenge it really is I, I, uh, yes. I don't know but let's, let's um, we, we do need to go it's been incredible what can we tell people we've been giving them a lot of practical information but where can they go 
for help. Emotional help just as is need as you've just pointed out, but how about uh, also professional help to, to go online to do just, what do you want us to leave them with that makes them go, okay, I'm glad I listened, now I'm going to go apply. Um, the one place that it leaves to mind is the Actors Fund. The Actors Fund is a phenomenal source and you do not have to be just an actor to use it. It's they they help uh, writers, they help actors, they help directors. They it's the it's a, an extraordinary it's a not for profit foundation, and they are providing workshops, seminars, online, answering questions, putting groups of people together, which I think helps make everyone feel less alone mm. through the struggle. And how to how to get health benefits if you're not working? Where do I go? There's so many questions. How am I going to get my taxes done this year? Mm-hmm. What taxes and make any money? <laughs> I mean, but what do I do? And the Actors Fund, and I suspect any other arts uh, union, even though you may not be in that union, I would think you could reach out to them and say, I am uh, in, uh, I am studying music or I'm studying, I'm, I'm in college still, but I'm, this is my chosen profession. Can you refer me? And I, and there, they, so far I've heard, I've had good response in yes. referring people like that. Yes. Okay. David, any yeah, part the, of- the unions, I think, are a good source. I mean, they, they have a lot of material on the site. So yes. If you go to the uh, to SAG after, there's a lot of, uh, of stuff there. So you can go through that material and find a lot of things that are relevant. Excellent. I love SAG after. They've always, always been there for me. And I absolutely recommend that uh, one looks to the unions as well as the Actors Fund. I guess we must go. You guys have been, as usual, so uplifting and pragmatic. I think it, it's been a, a what I introduced we would be. <laughs> it's been optimistic, but, you know, with, with practical examples of what can be done and needs to be done, everything from keeping your sanity as well as your spirits up to go on and realize this is something we were all going to get through, but we have to find ways with each other. I think there's a time when we need people the tough thing is being separated, but if you can get online and work with people in whatever capacity, I think that's a, a key to thriving. Absolutely. Okay. Reaching out, I think that's the, the most important thing any, we can say, is that everyone feels a little isolated and separated, and we're not, actually. There are some aspects of this being mainly the computer. We are connected in a very different but very helpful way yes. to reach out you are not alone there are others facing the same challenges excellent i know we have to go but before we do i want to remind everyone of some of the things that linda and david Laundre told us about primary stages espa developed from a collection of in-house playwriting classes at primary stages to a more formalized multidisciplinary institution with departments in acting writing and directing Since its 2007 inception, the school has housed over 2,000 students. The school formerly known as the Primary Stages School of Theatre was renamed in 2010 in honor of two Primary Stages founding members, Marvin and Anne Einhorn. All courses are taught by industry professionals that include Primary Stages staff members, 
Casey Childs, founder and executive producer of Primary Stages, Andrew Leans, artistic director, and Michelle Bossi, associate artistic director. All right, David and Linda Londra, it is always a pleasure. I cherish you as people and friends and people I've had the great joy of working with and, of course, talking to on radio. I wish you all the best, and we, we of course, will be in touch. We have to be. We, we are of great support for one another. Thank you so much. Tell us again that email address, Linda, so people can find you and David and, and work with you. Indeed. It's Lynda.Londra at gmail.com. And David's is just Londra at gmail.com. You can write either one of us, and please tell everyone to refer to you, Marcello, because that will make it special to us and we'll pay careful attention. It just helps us to know where people come from, and it helps us clear our brains a little bit. So that's the email. Thank you so much for having us, Marcello. It's always a delight. It is. Same here, really, really is. All right, you two. And the next time we will talk more about David's photography. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> Thank you, David. Talking about photography, though, it's not the, well, kind but, of a weird thing to do. You have to look at it. That's true. So, and, and with that in mind, tell us where on Facebook we can find it, because I, of course, know where it is, and it's just magnificent, and it's something new almost every day that's just heart-pounding. Tell us. Well, it's just my, uh, my study. If you go to... Uh, uh, I'll look for David Longer and you'll find uh, all of my pictures there. Okay. <laughs> I love Linda. You know, well, all of them. A you and I can talk forever, Linda, but Dave just cuts right to it. I love it. <laughs> I know. Thank God for him. Yes. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right. We really are going to go. It's been an absolute pleasure. Okay. God bless. Thank you, Marcello. It has for us. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye. Goodbye. This is so much fun. I love working with the fabulous Marcello Rolando with me on the other side of the camera, or microphone in this case. For years, Marcello was a splendid addition to the cast of Another World on NBC. He was the owner, manager, man in charge of Tops, our swanky restaurant in Bay City. And as a producer and director on the show, I got to see him more often than most and was thrilled to have him on board. I depended on him to take charge, which he did with a plum. Our cast, including the lovely Linda Dano, Stephen Schnetzer, Charles Keating, all remarked how special he was to have there. He made everyone, regular cast members and guest actors alike, feel special and welcome. Marcello adds a touch of class to whatever he does, and we were thrilled to have him with us on our show for such a long time. He is so thoughtful now to reach out to his peers for a conversation about how we're all surviving this pandemic. It's a challenge, but with each other's help and support, we will survive with more stories to tell. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard around the world. Usually at this point in our programs, I read something I have written. But in this new year, 2020, year of impeachment and potential war, potential forever wars, never fought by the men who send our youth. This poem was written by a Marine and sent to a friend of mine who forwarded it on to me. As a veteran, as a patriot, as an American, as a human being, I now share it with you. It was the night before Christmas. He lived all alone 
in a one-bedroom house made of plaster and stone. I had come down the chimney with presents to give, and to see just who in this home did live. I looked all about, a strange sight I did see, no tinsel, no presents, not even a tree, no stocking by mantle, just boots filled with sand, on the wall hung pictures of far distant lands. With medals and badges, awards of all kinds, a sober thought came through my mind. For this house was different. It was dark and dreary. I found the home of a soldier, once I could see clearly. The soldier lay sleeping, silent, alone, curled up on the floor in this one-bedroom home. The face was gentle, the room in such disorder, not how I pictured a United States soldier. Was this the hero of whom I just read, curled up on a poncho, the floor, for a bed? I realize the families that I saw this night owed their lives to these soldiers who were willing to fight. Soon round the world the children would play and grown-ups would celebrate a bright Christmas day. They all enjoyed freedom each month of the year because of the soldiers like the one lying here. I couldn't help wonder how many lay alone on a Christmas Eve in a land far from home. The very thought brought a tear to my eye. I dropped my knees and started to cry. The soldier awakened, and I heard a rough voice. Santa, don't cry. This life is my choice. I fight for freedom. I don't ask for more. My life is my God, my country, my core. The soldier rolled over and drifted to sleep. I couldn't control it. I continued to weep. I kept watch for hours, so silent and still, and we both shivered from the cold night's chill. I didn't want to leave on that cold, dark night, this guardian of honor so willing to fight. Then the soldier rolled over with a voice soft and pure, whispered, Carry on, Santa, it's Christmas Day. All is secure. One look at my watch, and I knew he was right. Merry Christmas, my friend, and to all a good night. This poem was written by a Marine. The following is his request. I think it is reasonable. Please do your part to plant this seed of kindness instead of rancor, of unity instead of chaos, and of world peace instead of war. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.